Fields, and welcome back to Grit Iron Gamble, the only podcast that puts its money where its mouth is. I'm your host, Rich Ryan, and I'm joined by two members of the collective, the disciple, Brett Colson, and the resident moose himself, Mo Nuara. Donnie is sleeping in Las Vegas. Is this the third time that he's overslept a podcast? Is that Do I have that correct? At least. At a minimum. If if you're wondering why Mo sounded so crispy right there. Stop it. So clear and concise. The Resident Moose has finally come over to the dark side and purchased an Apple product for which he can do his work and his podcasting from. Mo, you sound amazing, kiddo. Thanks. It's... uh. <laughs> What can I say? We got a good deal. We got a good deal on the Craigslist. On the old is this, Craigslist. Is this the end of witness protection? I'm sad. Oh, yeah. I didn't even think about that. A character's dead on the podcast. Might be the. That would be sad. That would be a sad development. The, the end of Mo modulation. Sad, sad day. But it is Thursday, which makes me less sad. It is a DFS Thursday, which means we'll be giving you our DraftKings takes, getting you ready for your DFS lineups this weekend, and maybe sprinkling a little season-long as well. It is the fantasy playoffs. So hopefully we can get some stuff in there, some nuggets that you can use in either realm. And we always start our DFS Thursdays by looking at the implied team totals in the NFL, and although they play in an island game, I think it's important for us to mention that Tom Brady and the New England Patriots have the highest implied team total at 29 points. They are massive road favorites against the Miami Dolphins. Uh, the other, the next highest game is also an island game. It's this evening's game. We are recording this on Thursday morning. Matt Ryan and the Atlanta Falcons have an implied team total of 26 and a half, but since that game is close to a pick now, uh, it, it actually is a pick in some places. Uh, you could say the same for New Orleans, Drew Brees and the New Orleans Saints in that 25 to 26 range, so a high total for this evening. But let's let's look at the main slate then. Uh, six and a half point home favorites are the L.A. Chargers. So Philip Rivers and them boys have an implied team total of 26. Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs are home favorites against the Raiders, so they have an implied team total of 25.75. And then if you look just a tad down, uh, there's another island game, which I'm going to skip. And then you have the Tennessee Titans, who are road favorites against the Arizona Cardinals, and they have an implied team total of 23.5. So if you're playing the island games, tonight's Thursday night game, both teams, the Saints and the Falcons, have high implied team totals, as do the New England Patriots on Monday Night Football. And then on the main slate, it is the Chargers, Chiefs, and Titans, although I think nobody from this crew is going to be touting the Titans as road favorites in that contest. So now now that that's all out of the way, that mumbling mess, let's turn to some stacks. Let's start with Bert Minotti. Give us some stacks for Week 14. Well, I'm looking at a lot of the same players as last week across all positions, but my favorite stack this week includes a quarterback I don't think I've ever rostered in DFS before. Whoa. Maybe once or twice a, a few years ago. Whoa. And that's Blaine Gabbert. 
I'm on the Gabbert train with the Cardinals at home this week, facing the aforementioned Tennessee Titans. Uh, the obvious pairing here is Larry Fitzgerald, whose production really has not staggered since the injury to Carson Palmer. Over the last four weeks, Fitzgerald averaging 11 targets per game. He's reeled in an average of eight receptions in those games. And he's got a beautiful matchup here against the Titans, who rank 25th against the pass, according to DVOA. And remember, this is a team that was torched on the road by the Texans, who scored 57 points, by the Steelers, who scored 40 points a couple weeks ago. There should be plenty of opportunity for Gabbert here to rack up fantasy points. And he's looked much better in this offense than I expected. I'll hand it to him. He's so good. At his price tag at 4800 he is way underpriced this week. And Fitzgerald also underpriced at 6500 You could also take a look at J.J. Nelson in GPPs in this offense. He's only 3200 coming off a season-high eight targets last week. So I really like this Arizona Cardinals passing offense at home. Uh, outside of that, I like Jimmy Garoppolo and Marquise Goodwin uh, for the 49ers against the Texans. Jimmy G, 293 passing yards last week on the road against a good Bears defense. Flashes of goodness there. Uh, did not throw a passing touchdown. Did score a lot of fantasy points either, but I don't see a lot of people clicking on him because of that this week in GPPs. Fantasy Labs has him at 9 to 12% ownership. I think that's high. I think he'll be more in the range of 6 to 8%. And I like Goodwin. Uh, he's at his highest price of the year at 5100 which seems crazy when you think about where he started in week one, but you just can't ignore his usage in this offense. He leads the NFL in yards per catch, more than 19 yards per reception this year. And he's getting a lot of targets still, eight last week. Somehow managed to catch all of his targets last week, which I probably has never happened in his life. Uh, so he has 68 plus yards receiving in each of his last four games. He's always a big play threat, uh, can expose some of these Houston cornerbacks that have really struggled covering this season. So I like Marquise Goodwin and Jimmy Garoppolo as a low owned high upside stack against the Houston Texans. Jimmy G doing everything he can to destroy the Niners draft assets and slowly move them up the board. Mo, your turn. Give us some stacks. Well, my top stack is also Blaine Gabbert and Larry Fitzgerald. The Blaine train. I mean, he's 4,800. And just, you know, he had that first outstanding start. Uh, and then he did well, really, versus the Jags. I mean, 19 points versus arguably the top defense in football. Came back to earth versus the Rams, but Tennessee much more in line with Houston, where he put up those 21 points in that first start. And then, yeah, Fitz, he's been a target monster. I think you can throw in Ricky Seals-Jones, too, if you want to differentiate. He's getting five, six targets a week and seems to be a red zone monster with uh, three touchdowns in the last three games. And then my other stack that I wanted to highlight was it's a, it's a QB that Brett loves, the opposite of the other one. Um, well, to play in DFS anyway. And it's Deshaun Kaiser. Uh, absolutely everyone is going to click on Josh Corden this week. I, I think he's going to have really high ownership. He's still only 5,500 after he had 11 targets last week. Um, and then he has a great matchup uh, with Green Bay. And I think you can differentiate yourself from all the other people clicking on Gordon by stacking with Kaiser since Kaiser is under 5% every single week. Uh, I don't know what 
the labs thinks about his ownership this week, but I can't imagine it will be much higher. What uh? So who are you stacking what do you got with? To say for me, Brett. Who are you stacking him with? The the obvious choice if you're pivoting from Josh Gordon is Corey Goldman, correct? No, I think he said he wants to pair with Gordon just to differentiate oh, from the people who don't have Kaiser. I get it now. Do you really think people are just going to play standalone Gordon? Yes. Hmm. Yeah, nobody is going to be so popular this week. I, I think Gordon. I agree with that, but why wouldn't people just pair him with the quarterback? Because it's Deshaun Kaiser. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, Lab says Kaiser at five to eight percent, Gordon at upwards of forty percent. Jesus, what are people doing? Yeah, that's a good question. Why would yeah, they do Go- that? Gordon, everyone will have him. I feel at this price after he just was the complete and utter clear top player in that offense last week. But but like I said, you can get away from those by throwing Kaiser in. And if you want to go triple stack, yeah, I was thinking either Corey Coleman or Duke. Or uh, I don't hate Njoku. Njoku this week either. Yeah, Njoku's usage and targets, if you drew a line graph from week one, they're just it's just exponential growth at this point as he gets more comfortable in the offense and in the league as a whole. Man, I, I, I thought that's so confusing to me. I thought stacking was something that the people just understood now. But I guess, I, I don't know. That's, that's crazy to me. That's, they do. That's so crazy to me. Typically, it's with a quarterback they trust, though. I don't think the trust is in there on Kaiser yet. Very fair. Uh, but he's been solid for, like, you know, I think I, when I was looking at his, you know, he, he's been scoring 15, 20 points, uh, like, three of the last four or so. What do we think about the Chiefs this week? On paper, they should be chalky. But I don't know. They've There's so much negative momentum going against Kansas City that, People forget that Alex Smith just had like 11 yards per attempt against the Jets on the road. And obviously Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill both went ham. Uh, And this is just a golden matchup against an Oakland team that ranks last in defense DVOA uh, when defending the pass, according to Football Outsiders. So are the Chiefs going to be super chalky? Because if they're even moderately chalky, I, I think you can't avoid having some exposure to them. This is just such a golden matchup. I'm not really sure what Kelsey's ownership is going to be. I think there's some pretty good spots at tight end this week. So he, he might not be all that highly owned. So I think you definitely, gonna, you're going to want some exposure to this chief's offense against Oakland. I, I'll definitely have some Alex Smith, Travis Kelsey. Yeah. Even if you play to, to sneak into the next segment, if, even if you play Alex Smith naked, like if you're, yeah. if you're not comfortable stacking him with one of these, two pass catchers, I think you 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 must have exposure. This Oakland defense is so, so bad. Uh, and the Chiefs, they've just ripped off so many losses in a row that this is this just feels like come back to Arrowhead. And, just, and the Chiefs can't run the ball anymore. Yeah, and just come back to Arrowhead and just stampede over a bad defense. So I like having some exposure, whether it be stacking or standalone Alex Smith. Mo, do you have any standalone quarterbacks? For week 14. Uh, I did not highlight any. Um, I do. I did. I like a lot of the QBs at the bottom of the uh, the price chart this week. Um, I think Alex, if you s- click on him, you definitely should be stacking. Just because he, he's so concentrated in his targets to Tyreek and, uh, and Kelsey. So I would definitely go one of those routes. Um, 
I feel a lot more people will click on those two than they will on Alex. But, uh, you know, I could be wrong, but I just don't see very many people still trusting Alex Smith. Uh, like Brett said, uh, they want to stack with QBs they trust. I now know why Donnie's not on the podcast. Bitcoin just hit 16,000 on GDAX. He might be dead. I told you he was partying. Partying way too hard. No wonder why Mo is able to afford that MacBook. <laughs> I hate you guys. <laughs> All right, Brett, give us some standalone quarterbacks if you got any. Uh, I I like Deshaun Kaiser naked this week. We just talked about how many weapons the Browns have, and they're all playmakers. And it's it's hard, kind of hard to pinpoint where the ball is going to go now. Uh, and and Kaiser can score points on his own too. So uh, I really like Deshaun Kaiser naked, just to I mean to really differentiate your lineup this week. Uh, I do like pairing him with Corey Coleman just because of the donut Coleman put up last week while Gordon was balling out. So Coleman's going to be really low owned coming off that game. Uh, but look, the Packers know they have the game plan for or now and I think Coleman could see more open looks and everyone is going to have a piece of Josh Gordon this week at that price tag which is ridiculous uh so I'm gonna I'm gonna try and stay away from Gordon where I can and pivot to Coleman who is $1,400 cheaper and then back to Kaiser didn't meet value last week when I liked him against the Chargers but still the kid's ceiling is through the roof five carries for 46 yards last week he can make a lot of plays and still only 4,900 so I'll have I'll have quite a bit of Kaiser exposure again. Yeah, that's kind of what I was getting at with the uh, with that Coleman pivot is, and I understand why adding a low owned asset like Deshaun Kaiser to your lineup helps you differentiate when you click Gordon. But if you aren't are on the full fade Gordon train, I think a, a tremendous way to pivot is to go. Kaiser Coleman because to your point that donut last week from Coleman was super uncharacteristic and it makes sense Gordon's back feed him the ball let him ball and uh Coleman is still a fantastic player let's uh let's sprinkle in some season long here uh Josh Gordon's back he had a tremendous game last week as you noted 11 targets he had the best day a receiver has had against the Chargers since Odell Beckham Jr. played him earlier this year. That is a very good secondary that we've championed here on the podcast. If you are somebody who grabs Josh Gordon and stashed him and you are in the playoffs, are you comfortable starting him as like a wide receiver to Brett? Just in a well, I, I have I'm in that situation in one league, actually. And the thing, the thing about this team is I'm so stacked at wide receiver, I don't really have anywhere to fit him but if you are weaker at wide receiver this week he's certainly a wide receiver three at worst i think he's fine as a wide receiver too i think that the volume is there uh so you can feel comfortable fitting him into your to your lineup i'm just looking here mo what are your thoughts would you be comfortable playing josh gordon as a wide receiver two in fantasy in the fantasy playoffs i am also in the same situation <laughs> where i grabbed gordon with a team that is stacked at wide receiver and i would also absolutely Feel comfortable, man. He looked great. He looked great. So, so what are the what are the the who who is the worst receiver that you are starting over Gordon in your personal lineup there, Mo? I was just looking this week because I thought I was gonna not have a buy, and I was trying to decide. But I did end up sneaking the buy out. But I was trying to decide: should I play him over Dez? That's the same one I have. 
I was just gonna say I have Des Bryant. What it's do I do? So with close, Des? I felt. Des but first. I was gonna play Des, I think, just because the matchup is so good. But uh it's really tough. That's it's it's a really close one. tough. So yeah. so just to give you guys some insights, I'm on fantasypros.com right now, which what they do is they aggregate rankings from across many sites, and I, I've got it on wide receivers and PPR because sorry, I I hate anything other than PPR, and we're talking DraftKings anyway, so it's appropriate. Des Bryant, they have as the 15th ranked receiver this week. They are road favorites against the Giants, and Josh Gordon comes in at 19. So I think you guys, the, the market agrees, or at least the fantasy analyst market agrees with your analysis. I'll give the two guys before and the two guys after Josh Gordon. The two guys before are Devontae Adams, who plays at Cleveland, and Marvin Jones, who plays at Tampa Bay. The two players after... Doug Baldwin at the Jags, so very tough matchup there. And then Jamison Crowder at the Chargers. So that is the world we're living in now. And that would be a tough I mean, I, I think Gordon is a is a play over Baldwin and Crowder. What a world well, I have I have Crowder and I was gonna play him over Crowder. What a world we live in. Yeah. I think the ranking for me there, the ranking there would be Bryant first, then Gordon, Adams, Crowder, Baldwin. That makes sense. And Jones is in there. Jones is a good matchup at the Bucks. The Bucks are no way. Yeah, I, yeah. I put Jones in over Baldwin. Yeah. What a world. Love Josh Gordon. So happy that this kid is back and uh, and balling out like that. Let's uh let's shift over to running backs now. And Bert, you'll lead us off here. Give us some RBs you're going to plug into your lineups this weekend. Well, the first question is, what do we do with Giovanni Bernard? He is the free space this week if Joel Mixon sits. Uh, everyone is going to play Geo at 3,100 at home against Chicago. He got all the work after Mixon left the Monday night football game on oh, this past week with a concussion. 15 touches for Bernard. And he looked really good against the Steelers. I don't know how you don't play him if he's locked in for 15 touches this week. Yeah, this is like that time Tony Parker was 3K. You remember that on all, Christmas? All the basketball now. <laughs> Couldn't find a, a football. Uh, yeah, I, I, I man, I don't know. I, Fantasy Labs has him projected at 31 to 40%. I think it could creep up to like 50, maybe even 60% in some big GPPs by game time. So the question is, are we going to go all in to be overweight versus the field? Are we going to gamble and go underweight? Or maybe try to find some balance and build a solid team around half of your lineups. I haven't decided what I'm going to do yet. I'm going to look around and see how much buzz he's getting this weekend. But if Mixon sits, there is no better value on DraftKings than Giovanni Bernard this week. What are your thoughts, Rich? So uh, it goes back to the same discussion we just had about Gordon. If you feel comfortable that you can put in those unique pieces around him, then... I agree. I think you have to have some exposure to a player that is essentially the free square this week in a good matchup, in a spot where they're just going to get so much volume, you can't ignore it. And I would hope that we are sharp enough to differentiate our lineups compared to everybody else. So, yeah, I I, I feel like you have to have some exposure. A full fade seems... It seems like you're gambling more, fading Gio Bernard in the spot than you would be by putting unique pieces around him because if we trust our process then we're not necessarily gambling when we pick contrarian players right 
Whereas if we're just full fading, it seems like we're gambling and somebody who's going to get all the fantasy check marks. Opportunity, matchup, and that would just be dangerous in my opinion. What the hell is DraftKings doing with this price? <laughs> I mean... Uh, it was set before yeah. the Monday Night Football game. Yeah. Yeah, but still, don't they usually like have backup running backs uh in some sort of like neighborhood the Bengals like are, a certain Bengals area are, to where if they wound up starting it would be like somewhat reasonable the price the Bengals are so i mean unique though because of the whole jeremy hill thing yeah yeah i guess that's true so it's like do they just make i mean both of them the same price every week you know i mean even if mix and plays he could still make value at this price very true uh so beyond the Geo conundrum, which we will we can follow at Brett Colson C O S O N to see what decision he makes on Sunday. Beyond that, what else are you looking? Who else are you looking at this weekend? I like Shady. Uh, I tend to prefer LaShawn McCoy when Tyrod Taylor is in the lineup. McCoy's performance is highly correlated with Tyrod in terms of efficiency. They just run the ball better when Tyrod's on the field. But with the injury to Traveris Cadet last week, the Bills really have nobody else to use. In the backfield. So McCoy in positive game script against the Colts could be looking at upwards of 30 touches in this game. That's the type of usage that's really tough to ignore. Uh, so I think McCoy is a very good play at the top, near the top of the pricing this week against a bad Indianapolis defense. And then I really like Lamar Miller against the 49ers. Still a lot of sneaky volume from Miller in this offense. 18 plus touches each of the last four weeks. I will be long one, Doug Mike Martin. Davis. No, <laughs> go ahead. Talk about Mike Davis. His status as the clear cut starting running back. This is an insane price. Uh, not only did he run for 64 yards last week in uh, a tough matchup against the Eagles, but he's caught all six of his targets so far in the last two games since they grabbed him. This price is he will be pretty high on though. Uh, it's just too. Too good a value and too obvious. And then another one is Peyton Barber. Uh, you got to pay attention to the newswire on this. Alex Collins, of all people, and this putrid Baltimore offense. Um, and the week before that, the Vikings, too. Yeah, and Detroit. Yeah, they're 25th versus the run. And if Peyton Barber is going to start, if he's going to get anywhere close to the volume he's gotten, I think he's a must-play Uh at that price. Isn't that one of the reasons why you should think about playing Doug, uh, Doug Martin though, as well. I mean, he's $500 cheaper. And prior to his injury, he had back to back games with 20 touches. So despite his inability to perform, they just kept feeding him the rock. I don't know. How can they do that? When, when Peyton Barber came in and crushed though, they kept doing it all year. At no point did they say, Hey, I know know they did. This isn't working. Like, when they got a better option, clearly now. Well, maybe. At least so far that he's played. I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I think having exposure to both is fine. Again, great matchup against Detroit. I just don't... I think you're going to be the only person that rosters Doug Martin. You know? Like, nobody is clicking him on planet Earth. If Doug Martin plays, what is... What's the carry... What's the market going to look like? Because they have Barber, they have Jaquiz Rogers, they have Charles Sims. I, it might just be a stay away. That's a good point as well. If Doug Martin plays, fade the backfield. But ah, 
<sighs> and, and it's like, the, are the Bucks good enough? This is a game where they have an opportunity to to get ahead, maybe, and at home, and Saul to lead away, but they've just not been consistent enough on offense to make you believe that's possible. Detroit seems so fraudulent, too. I mean, they're a little better than last year, but the defense still seems just okay. And this could be a big Winston game, but I don't know. Maybe you're right. Maybe maybe this is just a headache to avoid on Sunday and, and just fade the backfield entirely. Uh, Mike Davis, I'd like to hear your thoughts on that, Bert. It, if there is a deficiency in the Jacksonville defense, it is against the run because they focus so heavily on the pass. What are your thoughts on the new feature back for Seattle, Mike Davis? I'm not sure there is a deficiency in this Jacksonville defense. I think they're so strong everywhere now. Uh, I haven't. I, is Davis getting? Is he getting uh, snaps inside like the five, or is that McKissick? I haven't followed their running game too much because I don't play any of the running backs in fantasy. If he's getting touches inside the five, then I like Davis. Well, that's the thing about this offense, right? We we've heard this this stat all week of the Seahawks have scored thirty touchdowns and twenty nine of them right. have, have either been thrown by. Russell Wilson or run in by Russell Wilson. So I think they only throw to Jimmy Graham yeah, inside that's it. the five. They just run they just run the fade play or the box out play for Jimmy Graham and he just catches a touchdown. Yeah, I just don't really see a ceiling for Mike Davis because he's not he's not the type of running back that's gonna break off a sixty yard run either. I just Googled Mike Davis and the first news article that came up was Mike Davis being quote angry makes the Seahawks happy. <laughs> angry about what? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know why the guy would be angry. He just walked into a, a starting job because everybody in front of him died. He's also from Lithuania, Georgia. So shout out. Oh, Lithonia. Sorry. I thought it was Lithuania. Shout out to the Lithos. Uh, yeah. I think you guys kind of nailed my running backs. I, I'm back on the shady train. I thought last week could have been, and he did. He did get to 100 total yards, but he did so on a lot of touches, and Peter Fuck coming into the game did not help Shady's performance at all. That's what concerns me. Yeah. if With Peter Fuck in there, they they can just key in on LaShawn and take him away. But even still, like the indie, it's not like the indie defense, even if they key in on somebody, it doesn't mean that they're actually going (laughs) to stop them. They're so bad. Yeah, they're horrible. So I think Shady's in a, in a pretty good spot here. Uh, and I'm kind of interested in Melvin Gordon a little bit here. Uh, uh, it seems like it should be an amazing spot. They're six and a half point home favorites, so they could be salting a lead away here. I, I know, Brett, you you prefer Melvin when he's, he's more incorporated in the pass game because you're not as big a fan of Gordon. When he's just a, a straight on runner, but yeah, he sucks. it two two bad weeks in a row twelve and f- uh, excuse me uh, eleven and fourteen. I mean, you could say he's had an entire bad month here. Don't click on Gordon if you like money. Why? Why don't you like Melvin Gordon in the spot? Because because he plays for me in season long, <laughs> and ever since Brett traded him to me, he's been the woat. That is true. That it was that was the week. After that, he's been horrendous. Washington just average. They're right in the middle of the pack, 16th, defending the run. I don't know. Chargers are a strong team. They're projected to have a lead here. 
Melvin Gordon's a key component. I don't I know. like Gordon more if they're negative game script, actually. That, that's that's the point I was making, is that you probably like him more when he's in passing situations as opposed yeah. to assaulting the lead away. But are they really going to, if they're with the lead, are they really going to turn in hand to something Eckler to assault the game away? They already did that once, and he fumbled away the Jags game. So, I don't know. I, I, I want to like Melvin Gordon in this spot. I feel like he's had a bunch of bad games in a row. The market's off him. His price is stabilized. He's in that... M- high mid high seven range and i think it might be a good opportunity to hop on yeah if you can get if you can get melvin gordon at under 10 percent ownership ever i think he's in play just because he has that huge upside potential and the the offense is good right we like running backs in good offenses that are in scoring opportunities so melvin gordon certainly fits that mold wide receivers mo lead us off give us some pass catchers all right, this is another one that you're going to have to uh, keep track of the injury report. Um, What the hell, man? Amari Cooper is 5,800 versus the Chiefs. If he's healthy enough to go, this price is way too low in a, just a dream matchup against the Chiefs who are missing Marcus Peters. He threw a flag into the stands, guys. That happened. <laughs> The life of a Chiefs fan this year. It's been it's been special. Uh, that means, what are we gonna have on the field? Something, Mitchell and Revis. I don't even know. I don't want to know. If somebody doesn't go for a fifty-yard touchdown in this game for the Raiders, I'm gonna be surprised. So uh, definitely have to click on Cooper since he's the most likely to do that if he is healthy enough to go. And then uh, Brett already talked about my other wide receiver that I uh, wanted to highlight. It's uh, Marquise Goodwin. Finally got a guy who can get him the rock. Caught all eight of his targets, as Brett said. And facing uh, a pretty easy task in this Houston secondary. Maybe this is the week he actually finds the end zone. Brett, what you got at receiver? Yeah, that Goodwin line last week was really confusing. Like eight eight catches on eight targets. He runs so many low percentage routes. How the hell did that happen? Um, yeah, outside of Goodwin, love Larry Fitzgerald, Corey Coleman. I already mentioned those guys. Uh, I will have a lot of them in my lineups. Mike Evans, Rich, you said last week that you're gonna keep going back to the kid because he's the upside is just too good. Has not performed in a while. <clears throat> I think that could change this week against Detroit. <coughs> Excuse me. All good. And I'm going right back to Demarius Thomas. He's just so cheap at $5,000. He destroyed my lineups last week. Two catches on 10 targets? Of course that happened. Uh, I can't fade him at this price, though. In fact, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to continue loading up. It's 100% the right play in GPPs. Law of recency bias. People aren't going to play him after the stinker he put up last week, and he gets a whole matchup against a Jets team that was just carved up by Alex Smith last week. I think Simeon and DT get back in sync this week. I mean, the guy is still top 10 in targets this season and is priced below Marquise Lee, Sammy Watkins, Nelson Aguilar, and Marquise Goodwin. And nobody's talking about him this week. So Demarius Thomas is a great buy. And going back to the Raiders passing offense, which Mo already touched on, if Amari doesn't play, I think you have to look at Seth Roberts or Cordero Patterson. Patterson looks really good. That kid is so explosive. Just get him the rock and let him go. Uh, 
I, I had not looked at his price. It's got to be in the three thousands, maybe low four thousands. But he's he has to be a good buy if if uh, Mark Cooper doesn't play this week. You you stole my two again. Clicking Mike Evans every week until he has one hundred and fifty yards and a touchdown because the kid's just way too talented. Demarius getting right back on the horse. Great matchup. The Jets are bottom in the league against the pass. The one the one sneaky thing from last week, everyone just pointing to the result, is they gave up, again, 11 yards per attempt to Alex Smith. This is a bad spot for the Jets. They're, they're road favorites, or it's a pick em in some places. And if there was ever a get-right spot for the Broncos coming off of the most embarrassing performance of the year where they score a handful of points in Miami, it's against... This Jets team, so so love Demarius Thomas. At the bottom, uh, I'm kind of interested in your boy Zay Jones. Uh, he's just free, and the Indianapolis defense is so bad. I mean, he's 4100. I know Peter Fuck is the worst, but Zay Jones uh, and Charles Clay are pretty much one A, one B in that offense in terms of targets. And then another guy whose price came down almost $1,000 this week after a bad game against the Cowboys, is Josh Doxson. Uh, I know the Chargers are really good on defense. I just gave you that stat about Josh Gordon. But as six-and-a-half-point dogs in a game where there could be some high pace and a lot of scoring with two offenses that like to push the ball, uh, Doxson could come out of here and have a big day. And again, $1,000 price adjustment. This week down to forty two hundred, so I, I don't hate the punt on Doxson. I'm trying to figure out what to do with Doxson in season long this week too, because the Chargers cornerbacks are so good. Uh, I think I would rather play Doxson in DFS just because he has more upside. Right, and, uh, exactly, yeah. and and floor is way more important in head to head. Of course, uh, as opposed to DraftKings, where if you just get a donut, then you diversify elsewhere and hopefully you win some monies. Uh, tight end, we don't have to ask one important question this week because the Pats are on an island game. So let's look at the main slate here. We touched upon Kelsey briefly, who's at the top of the heap. Following him is Zach Hurts, who's in the concussion protocol. Uh, so things are, are interesting this week at the top. Brett, where are you going at tight end in week 14? You know where I'm going. I'm going right back to Hunter Henry again. <laughs> it's still under 5,000. And outside of Travis Kelsey on this slate, I don't see anyone with a higher ceiling. Uh, Henry season highs in everything last week against the Browns, and he has another fantastic matchup this week against the Redskins, who have been lit up by tight ends this season. So uh, Henry is for real. I think he's going to be a crucial piece in the Chargers' run toward that division title that they're fighting for right now. Uh, This is a much better offense when he is getting targets. So I'm going to continue going back to him in DFS. He is... One of the best tight ends in football. I've been saying this since the start of the year, and we're finally starting to get uh, start, starting to see that in action. If you need a punt play, Steven Anderson is the play this week for the Texans. He is a pass-catching tight end. He had 12 targets last week on a season-high 68 snaps. And outside of DeAndre Hopkins, there isn't a whole lot of downfield options for Tom Savage left. Bruce Ellington out for the year. Will Fuller might return this week, but still hobbled with an injury. So Steven Anderson, who looked pretty damn good last week at 3,200 is a great play against the 49ers. Steven Anderson, the pride of San Jose, California, a Cal golden bear. Mo, any idea how many stars for something Steven Anderson? I have no idea, but I have, I know how many stars Brett gets 
five. He's stealing all my plays. <laughs> I also wanted to highlight Steven Henderson for those 12 targets. He being nearly free. Uh, Brett, does, does it change your calculus there if Will Fuller plays, though? Not really. I, I don't think Fuller's going to see a full snap load. Yeah, I, I was not sure what to do there if Fuller plays, but if he sits, I think he's an extremely obvious play, but still can't imagine that many cl- people clicking on something called Steven Anderson that I didn't even know what it was until two weeks ago. <laughs> um, Beyond that, I think you have to look at Trey Burton pretty hard if Ertz sits. Uh, I think he's 2,600. Um, Obviously, Carson Wentz loves throwing to tight end. Uh, and Burton got some targets last week after Ertz got hurt. Guy's a really good athlete. Played QB at Florida. Um, and then I also like Vernon Davis. 3,800. He's coming off back-to-back duds. Super duddy duds. Uh, Chargers are 23rd versus tight end in DVOA. They, uh, the Redskins have no running game to speak of, so I think Vernon should get back on track this week, and his price has been greatly reduced. I don't think Steven Anderson existed in high school. <laughs> Looks like he was just a walk-on at Cal. I, 247 Sports doesn't have anything. He, he doesn't even have a profile on Rivals. Like This guy was apparently just a... High school basketball player <laughs> stepped onto the football field and just started catching touchdowns. <laughs> it's pretty cool. Uh, yeah, I don't even see a profile either. He just doesn't. Something Steven Anderson. He has so many stars that they can't contain him. Uh, yeah, what what do we do with Vernon Davis? Vernon Davis is an interesting season-long conundrum as well. Because it feels like you want to plug him in and you want to play him right away. But in a week where Steven Anderson and, and something seals Jones, who's also an option, they're just sitting there on the wire. What are you doing this spot? Is Vernon Davis even quote unquote safe? Like with Anderson's target share and seals Jones, although his usage is really low, when he gets the ball, he's been so effective. Like I would almost rather have one of those two guys over Davis, which is crazy. Yeah, I think I would play Anderson over Steve or uh, over Davis this week. I don't know about Seals Jones. I'm not buying into the Seals Jones. Yeah, hype. it's so uh, Seals Jones just does not have. He doesn't have enough snaps. He looks freaking good though. That's <laughs> that's what I mean. It's like he he's not yeah, a, man. His he was making some nice snags. He looked really good to me. Not on the field enough. Not targeted enough. But when he gets the ball, this guy just scampers all over the field. And of course, they have Tennessee, a terrible defense on the road. The Blaine train is blazing forward. I don't know, guys. I don't know. Uh, also, uh, Tyler Croft, a potential punt play as well. This guy has really had some crazy binary outputs this season. Basically, if he scores a touchdown, he's great. And if he doesn't, he's not. Uh, Coming off of a two-target game last week, he hasn't surpassed seven targets since week four. But again, he's he's prone to get into the end zone. And this is a pretty good matchup against uh, the Bears, who are in the 
towards the bottom of the tier against tight ends. So uh, Croft's definitely an option, but I, I prefer uh, the gentleman that we just spoke of, especially Steven Anderson with Tom Savage just being an absolute, be, being the greatest security blanket ever for Tom Savage. Just going, going back to Seals Jones, he played less than, he played around 20% of the snaps last week and still got five targets. Wild. Absolutely wild. Get the guy in the field. Come on. Uh, Mo, DST, where are you going this week? It seems like Blaine likes to throw to him when he's out there. Um, man, how can you not play the Bills? This Bills price is probably one of the most insane prices for a defense I've seen all year. 3100 at home versus brisket in the cold on the road. I mean... It's just insane. I mean, Indy has the worst adjusted sack rate in the league by a mile. The difference between Indy at the bottom and the number 31 team is the same as the difference between the number 31 team and the number 22 team in adjusted sack rate. That's how bad this Indy O-line has been. Uh, I mean, this could be an absolute party for the Bills. At 3,100 against a guy who just keeps getting sacked and has turned the ball over a ton, this just seems like a dream spot. What What do you think about your Bills, Brett? Problem is, they just don't get to the quarterback. I can't remember the last time they had more than like one one sack in a game. Well, hashtag this is the week. I hope <laughs> this I, is the week. I, I think you got to play the Bills, and then beyond that, I think I I really like punting on the Browns too. If you're spending way down, they're twenty six hundred facing Hundley on the road. Out of all the weather, looks pretty solid this week but this one looks like it could have a little bit of a whipping wind there around 15 miles per hour when i looked at the wind uh and and weather uh hunley in a windy cold game backed by a mediocre running game uh and then there's just it's the browns so nobody's gonna click on them uh he hunley's thrown eight picks so far in seven games so it's been pretty bad Brett, I really oh, like the Browns as a punt. Before we hit record, Brett asked about the status of Miles Garrett, which makes me think that, Brett, you two are interested in the Browns' defense? Oh, I'm more than interested. I have one defense written down, and it is the Cleveland Browns. I might go 100% on Miles Garrett in Cleveland Browns' defense this week. Uh, Brett, Brett Hundley has been sacked 23 times in six-plus games this season. He has multiple three-interception games. I do like the kid more than all you guys. I think there's some talent here. But he's still a dream matchup to pick on with a fantasy defense, especially, as Mo mentioned, in bad weather conditions. And the Browns are on a price here, 2,600. They have not posted double-digit fantasy points yet this season, but that seems like a lock this week against the uh, Green Bay Packers. So I, I might just go all in on the Browns because they're free. What a world. What a That's world. That's it. That's all I got. Where, where Josh Gordon is an auto WR2 and the Browns defense were just, were just all. What in. if we just stack the Browns, an entire Browns DraftKings lineup this we week? We just love the Browns on this podcast. The, the, it, this does seem like the week that they get an outright win, though, right? This, this seems like it's it. They're only plus three and a half. Yeah. The, the, the market is in on the Browns. It, all right. I got to go. Mo's got a doctor appointment. He's out of here. Uh, Later. I'm gonna I'm gonna follow up on on Mo's Colts point there. Uh, Mo's Bills point there. I think the the Bills are pretty good 
if you're looking for a team to stream in the first two weeks of the playoffs, they have the Dolphins at home next week as well, which whoever is a quarterback for Miami, uh, turnovers are coming <laughs> from, from that offense. So the Bills might be a good pickup for the first two weeks of the fantasy playoffs. This is so tilting. This soft-ass schedule towards the end of the year, and <laughs> we're going to miss matter. the playoffs by one game. Yeah, and you're just going to get the worst draft pick possible. This is yep. this is the 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 2015 2015 2015 jet season all over again but for y'all it's like what's it's the, like every year what's the point of winning all these games if you want to pay up a defense if you got some extra salary i like the jags this week man that hawks offensive line well, especially this week where there's going to be lower ownership because 80 percent of the public is betting on seattle right now bad offensive line russell wilson makes the worst decisions possible under pressure doing that weird runaround move when he's under pressure. I don't think you're going to be able to get away with that with the Jags. And I don't know how Doug Baldwin and P. Rich are going to separate from uh, the Jags cornerbacks, from Ramsey and Bouye. Uh, they do a good job against most teams. They do a good job of freelancing. But I, I, I just don't know how those two guys specifically are going to get open against this team. So it might be a great spot. For the Jags. Uh, and yeah, if we're looking for a punt play, uh, I had the Browns circled as well. But I'm also interested in the Bears. I know they're on the road, but it is Dalton on a short week. Uh, the, the Bengals are just beat up after that game. Just a totally violent fest on Monday Night Football. Seems like it might be a great spot for the Bears coming in with a little bit of extra rest playing on Sunday to come in and, and play good defense. We've seen what they can do. On the defensive side of the ball, we've seen them score defensive touchdowns. And then, of course, you got Tariq Cohen, who's doing weird things, running backwards 20 yards and Reggie Bushing pro teams to score touchdowns. So I don't hate the Bears as well. Yeah, I like that too. And one thing I'm confused about this week is everyone talking about A.J. Green being a great fantasy player. I don't get that. Yeah, he just Bears had... defense is good. And he just had his best game of the season in primetime. Like, people saw that. People yeah, I, I guess. But on a yeah, short week, like you said, Dalton, I man, I, I'm fading AJ Green this week. No thank you. Yeah, if I'm paying up, I'd much rather have our boy Mike Evans. Uh and even looking I'm looking at the high price guys, like I would rather click Marvin Jones against that Tampa Bay defense than uh AJ Green. I don't know. I, I don't know if I can justify spending seventy three hundred for him after he had again his best game of the season, two touchdowns in prime time. So that's it. That's the, the DFS pod, a Donnie-less DFS pod. He is swimming in Bitcoin right now instead of giving you guys fantasy takes. The pizza party is on, though, so be sure to link to the show or to our homepage, gridirongamble.com, and use the hashtag Donnie's Pizza Party so that we can see it and we get, can give you guys some equity in Donnie's Millionaire Maker lineup. And go ahead and follow the whole crew on Twitter at Brett Colson, C O L S O N, at Donnie underscore Peters, and at Mo Nuwara. We'll be back tomorrow to give you our super contest selections. Again, three out of the last four weeks, we've actually submitted a winning card. Let's keep the positive momentum rolling. Until then, peace. <laughs>